following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Time for baseball, time for basketball, and of course, NFL free agency negotiating window. A lot happening in the last yeah week and a half, uh, which is all good. But yeah, it's and then it's gonna thin out. It's gonna end, and it's gonna thin out before you know it. A couple weeks. Well, I suppose NBA playoffs. It's weird because didn't it, the season went late last year, right? Yeah. Started late, went late. Started at Christmas. Yeah. And went, in, went into the middle of July. Yeah. Okay, because like I was I was looking at the Bucks schedule, and the regular season ends in like mid-April. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, that's really weird because I thought it ran a lot, and I forgot they had to start the season oddly because of the bubble, and now we're finally back to where it should be, right? Yeah. yeah. That's the way the timeline lines up. Yep. So trying to figure out how many Brewer games we can air and high school baseball and then Bucks playoffs and all that fun stuff. And who knows? Badgers, we might get a game, we might get three, we might get four. I have no idea at that point. But We'll get to Selection Sunday in a little bit. We've got uh, tons of money flying around in the NFL the last 48 hours. We'll touch on the Bucks, go around the NBA, and touch a little baseball as well. All that on this episode, and then it, an interesting story that I heard yesterday um, while we were over at UW-Whitewater trying to caution uh, eager young minds about the radio industry as we are wont to do every three, four semesters or so. We go back. He just wants to make sure all the kids that have heard the talk once don't hear it again sure. and get completely crushed. So, um, yeah, and then he told us a story about their, their UW-Whitewater television, I believe it was television, uh, coverage of the women's Division Three playoffs. Okay. And something that I feel like you and I have done many times and nobody's brought up. But somebody brought it up and it turned into a big thing. Okay. Over there. Oh that well that well that's we'll my say, tease. We'll, we'll save that one. Well, that's my tease. Okay. We'll we'll end with that. All right. All right. Uh, later on. But yeah, um, I uh, well, uh, that all you got before we yeah. hit? All right, well, I just uh, this weekend, a couple buddies uh, came down, Chauncey and Ian Bame, longtime listeners of the pod, um, came down and uh, were kind enough to to bring me some uh, Pine River cheese, Jeez. which uh, I got one for you when uh, when nice. you had, when you head out Thank of here. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah. But um, got to show them Studio B. <laughs> this um, is where the magic yep, happens. Got to, they got to see where the magic happens. Um, Ian yelled at me about my Packers take, and uh, I dominated Chauncey in like four straight games of NBA 2K22 after he ran his mouth as usual, and then I whipped his ass as usual. All but right. yeah, Ian was getting on me pretty good about um, my my Packer take of um, Packer fans are satisfied with you know, making the playoffs and being close and, and this and that. And his beef with me was that then at the end of the podcast, I had said that I was okay. I was just happy with Marquette making the tournament. And he's like, you know, you're contradicting yourself. You can't have it both ways. 
So I feel like I should have to explain myself, right? <laughs> sure, go ahead. So, I mean, the uh, first of all, the Packers are professionals. They're getting paid. Um, the college kids, while they are now getting paid, they're still not professionals. Um, Marquette's in a total rebuild. I mean, they fired their coach. Everybody either graduated or transferred. They have one guy back from last year's team. Um, so, I mean, that team even being above water is a pleasant surprise. So I think I, bottom line is I think expectations dictate um, how fans should feel about their team. And, you know, and I, and I even brought up the Badgers with him when we were talking the other day. I was like, same thing with the Badgers. Like, they were picked 10th. Marquette was picked, I think, 9th or 10th in the Big East. Like, if they both lose their first game, they've had great years. They've had better years than anybody thought they would have. Whereas the Packers is like, yeah, dude, you lose in the NFC Championship every year. Like, that's not really that exciting. If if that was my team, I'd be like, what the hell? So there's my explanation. Okay. Yeah. All right. But, yeah, Chauncey did take a beaten. <laughs> beaten in 2K22. Now, is he a normal player as well? So, uh, I mean, you know, like... he's, all oh, my kids play online. I don't play that much anymore, oh, yada, so yada. He... Oh, and he was whining. He's, I think he's got Xbox, so he wasn't used to the control. You know, all the... All the old excuses that we've all heard before. <laughs> Just take your beating and like it. I love it. That's what, you know, it was good to see him. Good to see Ian. Thank you for coming. Thanks for the cheese. That's right. Now take your beating. <laughs> Just... He's going to kill me when he hears this, by the wow. way. Nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see him in, I'm going to see him in, uh, are you going in, in three days when we're going You're to, going. uh, okay. yeah, we're going to the early session. So now does he have a hookup for this? Because the, the, so since the his, Badgers have gotten in, the prices for this have skyrocketed. It, he has season tickets for the Bucks. Okay. So, so, so there was some kind of, if you're a season ticket sure. holder, you have first right to Easier these things. And, and uh, he, he got yeah. the, I think he got all three sessions. Um, him and I are going to the first one, which will be we'll see Purdue, Yale, Virginia Tech, Texas, mm-hmm. and then the afternoon or the evening will be uh, um, I can't remember who played. Oh, Iowa State and yes, LSU, LSU, and yep. then the Badgers are after that, and then the winners play it's Sunday. A, so it's a business expense. He could just write. It I don't off. know. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I, I should. Uh, I could. Why not? He, he could like he could say I'm a client or yeah, something. Yeah, there you I go. Suppose. Something like that. Well, that's cool. I, that's, I I know you had wanted to get over there, and that's and things yeah. start on Thursday. Um, it's been a long time. So. It's been like I think I went in '95. Oh wow! When it was so at the weird, Bradley weird Center in high school. Yeah, so it's okay. it's been a long time. Yeah, the, yeah, the Bradley Center. Yeah, they they pulled out footage the last time. Bradley Center used to host. You know, back yes. in the '90s, it had it three or four times. So. All right. <clears throat> All right. So we'll get to we'll get to college hoops in a little bit, but. Um, Free agency negotiating window. They can start signing people on Wednesday afternoon, 3 o'clock Central Times when the new league year starts. But they can agree to all these deals in about a three-day window starting uh, on Monday, and it it went through today uh, as well. But even before that, (laughs) Tom Brady had to come out and steal the shine of Selection Sunday, and even before... The clock struck midnight with the negotiating window and all these deals started happening. He wanted to make sure that he edged himself in there, um, that if anybody talked about the NFL, the first thing that they noticed was that he was coming back. His retirement lasted exactly 40 days. Well, and we, we were just talking before we came on, like, are we, are we blaming Brady for hijacking March Madness bracket reveal? Like, is it his fault or is it, like, the idiot handler that's his PR guy? Like, who's running his Twitter account? Like, 
I don't know. I have to. Because it's kind of a dick thing to do. It's completely a dick I, you know thing to mean? do. Like, come on. You just all, you're just pissing on all these kids. Like, people tune into ESPN to watch the selection show, and they got to yes. watch that. Yes. You know what I mean? I think it is. it was all orchestrated by him because he is a diva, and I also think it was timely in the fact that the Rogers news came out last week, and then he was the big story, and there's probably a little bit of a measuring contest going in there with some of these I guys. I heard that that was a factor. I think Schefter even reported that. Really? Yeah, somebody reputable did. I can't remember that, that the Aaron Rodgers deal was a factor in him wanting to come back. I mean, wh- wh- whether it's the money or he wants to go against him one more time or what, I don't know. Okay, well. I'm not surprised he's back. I, I thought the retirement at the time was a little, it seemed forced. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's from his family side or something with Tampa. Cause there was those reports of him and Arians having friction at yep. the end. Um, so, you know, that begs the question is, is Arians back? Um, you know, I mean, if he's really back to Tampa and this isn't some I'm coming back and Tampa's going to trade me to the Niners. Like if he's really back in Tampa, they've lost a couple people. Yes. Like, how are they going to replenish that offense? Because I think they – I know they lost one lineman. They bought the, – the, he, li- he lost both linemen. his starting guards. Okay, so they, there's some holes One retired and then another signed with somebody else. That's big. Yeah. And, and Godwin's going to – if he's even on the team, he's going to be out more than half the year because mm. he just tore his knee up. Right. So is Gronk, and what's Gronk going to do? I don't know. So you have a lot of question marks for an aging quarterback. That's why this might not be done. I mean, maybe maybe there's a Jimmy G. I the, I don't know. The, but the thing with Brady, there's a you, nice reunion. If you traded him to the Niners, like again, now you're in Packer territory. It's like, why did you trade up and give all that shit away for Trey Lance? Like, what did you? Why? What did you do that for? If you're going to just keep bringing in these other people. Like, can he not play? Like, what is going on here? I completely understand that side of frustration with you know drafting or giving up people to giving up picks. But to right, because like the Niners are a really they're a really good team, right? Yeah. And then you use all this draft capital for a guy that doesn't ever play. That's why I that was dri- that would drive me crazy. Kind of why I was rooting for them to win in the playoffs just to create more of a shitstorm. That's happening right now because you're trying to throw this guy out the door. Meanwhile, he keeps winning yes. your football yes. games. And people give it's people, hilarious. And people like to talk shit about Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's fine. And he's a you know fourteen to twenty range quarterback, and yeah. maybe something like that. He's a younger version of Cousins, roughly. But yeah, he wins games, man, and he wins playoff games. Yep. So I don't know. That's I think it's hilarious. Brady, What's going on out but there, Brady, man, like, I think it, he wants to be so far ahead of everybody in the Rutgers that it's just like, when you look at it, it's just like, oh, my God. Well, I mean, and I get it from this year's perspective because he had, I think he led the league in like four or five statistical categories for passing. It was yards, attempts, completions, touchdowns, and something else. Mm-hmm. So it's like the dude can clearly still have the skill set to do what he's doing, and I... I mean, I said this yesterday, I've always been of the firm belief that if you can still do it at a high level at that level, then age is just a number. Yeah, do it till the wheels fall off. Yeah, I mean, if you if you start to drop and you don't like that and you kind of look in the mirror and be like, I'm not sure this is going back the other way, I think it's just going to keep going down, then that's fine. But if you can still do it, 
don't get out ahead of time because you're just going to regret it. Yeah. Right? You can't. Yeah. Because, well, and that's what uh, I think Rosillo said the other day. Like, it's 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 not like Jordan retiring at 30 where you can miss two years and come back. Like, Brady's 45. Right. Like, he can't take two years off and come back. Like, he has, if he's going to come back, it's got to be now. You got to keep doing what you're yeah. doing. Yeah, for sure. So, we'll see what uh, what happens with that. Um, and then the Rodgers thing got announced today. Uh, after all the other signings that the Packers made and the and the fact that they were releasing guys for salary cap purposes. In effect, it's a three-year extension worth $150 million, but it lowers his salary cap hit by almost half. I thought it was going to be like 48 this year, something like that, and now they're looking somewhere in the savings of like, I think he's right down around 26, 24. I don't, I don't have exact numbers. Um but what I was curious about, because it gives them the flexibility this year to get under the cap, it gives them flexibility next year, and then it bumps up to about the area that it was supposed to be this year, and then even when he's gone, if he's gone for that fourth year that that is at the end of this extension, they will owe so much in dead cap money that you will have no choice but to. Like, that is the end of the kicking the can down the road, which they have become experts at. In, in what they've been doing. Um, I think the cap number is something like $75 million, even if he's not playing. Hmm. That's ungodly terrible. Yeah. That's so, a lot of money. Yeah. So that, that to me, would be the start. But I think Love is going to be a free agent before then. So it's like you're going to wind up in the same position that, that, that you found yourself in needing a quarterback. Unless you think you can keep Jordan Love and you want to pay him whatever you think he's worth for not stepping on a football field in a meaningful game in his four, maybe five years, if you give him his, you know, first-round rookie fifth-year extension on his deal. I mean, I don't know. A lot of people are celebrating the fact, okay, well, they got him back, it's fine, but I'm always looking looking down. I'm looking at at, at the future, and it's like, well, now you have backed yourself into a corner in in the quarterback position, and it's gonna it's gonna come, and you're gonna have to figure that shit out. And I mean, so now you've got your window; you've got two to three years to make shit happen before he's before he's officially gone. Um, and that's great; he's gonna win games. They'll probably get to the playoffs, probably win the division. But I, I don't know; they lost a lot of dudes, uh, not not a lot, but they lost some some key guys and. I don't know who he's going to throw the football to. Everybody is a free agent. They might dump Cobb in the next 24 hours because he's got a big cap number, and he's always hurt, and he's making a lot of money. Adams has said either give me a long-term extension. He's got until July to do that because they franchise tagged him because he said if you don't do that, I'm not playing on the franchise tag for $20 million. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanling's a free agent. Alan Lazard's a free agent. Robert Tanya's a free agent, and he's got a blown knee. Mercedes Lewis is as old as our dad's. Who, who's he going to throw the ball to? There's literally nobody left. I don't know. I mean, you know, I had a conversation with, with Pat Campbell at work today, and he's like, well, they'll just get guys. You know, they'll they'll just get some some street guys. And they've always had a knack for finding guys that seem to work out. And I, I just... Against the Lions, sure. Right. And what I loved about this team was that there was so much depth that if somebody went down... They had guys they could just plug in, and it, it it worked. Now you're to the point with this cap thing, and it's it's probably what I'm going to be talking about tomorrow. It's like the salary cap 
you know, it's just it's just all about numbers. Well, when it translates to the fact that you can't have good backups or guys, you know, you can't have four good wide receivers. You can only afford two. Or you can only have starting offensive linemen, then you go and all your backups stink. Like some of that stuff comes into play, like getting rid of Larry uh, uh, Zadarius Smith. I just looked at uh, Ogajobi's name. Um, so it's like now you've got Rashawn Gary and you've got Preston Smith. Who beyond that? You don't have that third guy. You know what I mean? Like your your depth has now taken a major hit. And that's kind of the situation that Green Bay now finds itself in, where if you get decimated by injuries, there's not proven guys that can step in anymore. That's You you don't have that luxury anymore. We're going to have to play rookies and, right. and young guys. And and you better hope that they're worth anything. And you got to hope that your main guys don't get hurt. And that's, but that's a lot to hope for. This Rodgers contract, like, I don't know if it's good or not. I, I, I don't know. Any of these contracts that were given out in the last couple of days in football, I don't know, because they're not the real contracts. It's like, just tell me the real fucking contract. Like, plain English. All this defer... And it's it's mostly football, but it happens even in basketball a little bit and sometimes in baseball, like with like with the Brewers with Braun. Like, they, they're paying Braun X amount of dollars here into retirement for however many, many years to cover his contract. The Mets are in year 30 of doing this with Bobby Bonilla. He gets a million dollars a year on yep. whatever day that is. Like, just tell me what these guys are really getting. Because as a fan, that's all I really want to know. Like, I don't... Like it's oh it's it's two it's four years two hundred million no it's three years one hundred and fifty million but the fourth year is non guaranteed right. and the first three years yep. the, of the first three years only one hundred and twelve of the one hundred and fifty is it's like I don't no, no, no. then he's then just tell me he's making one hundred and ten like forget these pretend numbers like who are they for it's not the way it works anymore but who it's are they not. for who are the numbers for they're not why are they for us because we the average guy looks at it and goes fifty million a year for Aaron Rodgers holy shit. But it's not fifty million. It's like no thirty five million. That's the that's the worth of the whole deal. But it doesn't break down to fifty a year. That's but that's my point. Like yeah. that, just show us. I mean, I know you. There's places you can go on the internet and find this shit. But like people aren't going to do that. Like when you report the contract, just say what the contract is. I don't know. I just this whole, especially in football, with this whole cap thing, and we're going to move this yep. and shuffle this, and we're going to put this in this hat and take it out of this hat. Yep. It's Robin Peter to pay Paul constantly. That's how and it's, it works. It's I don't know. It just isn't that interesting as a fan, honestly. At least not for me. See, like, it, I, I don't. I, it is to me because I've been watching this salary cap number tick down to where they need to get it down to the certain level by tomorrow afternoon. So I'm watching all these all these moves. It's like, okay, they saved 17.5 on this guy. They saved 3.1 million on this guy. And I'm watching all this go down. And like that, that is fascinating to me because I'm wondering now, okay, you lose that and you save that money. Where are you going to make that up in talent? That's a guy that has done things for you. And like I just talked about, where are you going to replace that? Okay, you save the money, great. How are you going to get that production back? You know what I mean? Sure. That's That, to me, is the grand puzzle. I love looking at the overall puzzle and where these pieces are trying to fit. And a lot of times, it's you know, I mean, it's like we see with the Brewers when they pick up guys, you know, off the heap, you know. 
Um, well, they have a hole over here. We'll just get this guy for a year. We'll sign this guy for one year and a club option, and we'll give this guy one year and a player option. And, you know, it just kind of meshes together, and it's like, okay, now we got a team. That's kind of how I view this whole thing. You include the financial piece and then all the roster guys, and it's like, okay, well, now I, now show me a depth chart. Who, How many of these guys are any good, you know? Um so, yeah, Devondre Campbell, I'm glad they signed him. I didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, five years, $50 million, which for an all-pro seems inexpensive. I thought he would have gotten more. Yeah, but what is it really? Is it three years, $40 million? <laughs> That one I haven't seen. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what this I don't know what it means. That he's one not, I haven't so seen. So, apparently, he's not making $10 million a year. I would have at least thought that <laughs> he could have gotten a bigger overall deal. Not not a per-year average, but I, I just thought he could have gotten more than that. Um, especially when he said he wanted to test free agency. And then I saw a deal that averages 10 mil a year for an all-pro middle linebacker. I was like, okay. Seems like seems like we got a deal. I don't know. Um, they signed Preston Smith to an ungodly amount of money. You texted me, yeah. you texted me that. But, again, that deal is all about lowering cap flexibility for the first two years. Maybe he won't be on the team in the third or the fourth. I don't know. But it's all about what they can do to bring things down – this year, because then the salary cap's going to grow. Um, they they let go of Billy Turner. I mentioned uh, um, Zadarius Smith. They got to figure out what they're going to do with Cobb. They want to resign Rasul Douglas, the cornerback. I, there's still a lot of stuff to do over the next 24 hours to figure out whether they're going to be able to keep some of these guys or whether they're going to hit the market. I, I saw Rasul Douglas's nickname is Radio. I thought that was funny. Really? From that movie? I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> Uh, I, I did not know that, but um, you, we can go to the Bears. Uh, that's kind of all I have, unless you have some any, no, any no. closing thoughts on the Packers. I, uh, how are you with that Khalil Mack deal? I like it. I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 30 years old. He played seven games last year. He, he. I, I think at this point in his career, he's become kind of a one-trick pony. He's kind of just a pass rusher at this point. Well, and like you said, when he had help. He was effective. Well, I mean, he had Robert Quinn on the other side of him who led the league in sacks last year. And, you know, look, I think Khalil Mack is still an effective player, but the Bears obviously believe they're not ready to win right now. Um, I have read some things that the new general manager is not a fan of the current roster and really wants to revamp it. Um, They were very, very shallow on draft capital because they've given so much up for Khalil Mack, Trubisky, Fields. They've given up a lot of first and second round picks the last couple of years, so they get a second rounder and a sixth rounder back from the Chargers, and they absorb all of all of his money. Yep, which is huge. Which is huge because because like you said, if you're not going to be that team that is going to compete at that highest level, you're not going to waste that much money paying that yeah. guy for a dude who's that age and is what's coming he, off an injury. And, and what's he going to play? Ten games, and you're paying this guy fifteen, seventeen million dollars, yeah. like. You just you need to invest that in other parts of your team, specifically your offensive line, and I think that's the route they're going to go. Um, they cut longtime nose tackle Eddie Goldman, um, nice player. Too bad, sad to see him go, but um, I think you know they're switching from a three four to a four three. Yep. Defensively, with the with Eberflus coming in, it's another reason why they said that Mac just probably wasn't going to work there. Right. Um, I would be surprised if Akeem Hicks is back. Um, I know he said he wants to finish his career in Chicago, but I just don't know. 
you know, I don't know how well he fits in that scheme, and I'm not sure what number he would be willing to come back for because I can't imagine they're going to want to pay him a lot. He's like 32 or 33. He's had a lot of injuries the last couple years. Um, and then Allen Robinson, it sounds like, is just going to walk. Um, little surprised he's still out there after some of the guys I've seen get signed. Maybe they're waiting for that. That Would you include him in, a, in, in the first tier of receivers that are out there? I think he's better than Christian Kirk. Okay. I think he's as good as Michael Gallup. So does he Does he now want, I mean, we can talk about that in just a second. Then when that secondary market starts, does he ask for first-tier market money? I don't think he'll get it because his production's been down the last year and a half, and that and it's unfortunate because Nagy sabotaged him. Right. You know, um, that's pretty much known in bare circles um, that they tried to keep his stats down so they didn't have to pay him. Um, so he's not going to get first tier money, but he's he he's not a one A guy. He's not a uh, Devonte Adams, but he'd be a great guy with Devonte Adams or somebody of that caliber. So I think whoever gets him is going to get a pretty good player. It's just a matter of you know. Does he go to Detroit to be the number one with Goff? Then that's kind of not a good spot to be, you know. Um, And then this uh, Larry Ogajobi, they signed from the Bengals. Um, I don't really know much about him. Sounds like a good player coming off a good team with good defense. Um, They got him for three years, $40 million, which, again, I have no idea what that means. 26 is guaranteed. That's all I know. Okay. That's not a lot. You know, over three years, it's what? Eight a year, yeah. For a, for a four three interior defensive lineman, eh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but if that's if that's a dude you kind of want to make sure your interior is locked down, he's had some productive years. So yeah. I think I think that's a decent deal. So I mean, that's that's pretty much all I got with the Bears. Yeah. Um, you know, the it's unfortunate now. I have another Bears jersey that I'll never wear again <laughs> <laughs> with my Khalil Mack. Yeah. But uh, that's a keepsake. I still got Peyton to try it out. That's the old reliable, old, old, old sweetness. It's always good for those. Uh, Carson Wentz got traded to the Commanders. Yeah, that's kind of funny that he, like, what the hell is the deal with that guy? I don't know. I mean, the Colts gave up a decent amount to get him last year, and after one year, they just ship him out. Like, what's the deal with this guy? Because they... he's not awful. No. There's worse quarterbacks than oh, him. Oh, way worse. But, like, why does he keep getting shipped out of town? I don't know. That's interesting. Um, I mean, that division, obviously, is still Dallas's, but, I mean, does that prop Washington up just a bit? I don't Maybe. know. I, I mean, mean I, can you? Is he? I mean, is the defense he, is already good. Is, is he is okay? What? Is he three wins better than Taylor Heineke? I don't think so. No? He might be one win, one and a half wins better. Okay. So what you're like an eight and nine team with Carson Wentz, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. It's not very good. Uh Jaguars, as you alluded to, signed Christian Kirk for an obscene amount of money, four years and seventy two million dollars overall. See, and this is where if you're a Packer fan. Thanks and, you, and you're and, and you're, well and you're but you're looking at Devon if you're a Packer fan and you're mad at let's say you're mad that Devontae Adams doesn't want to play on the franchise tag nope. for twenty million. Like it's twenty million. Why don't you want to play for twenty million? Because he wants security. But this is an uh, eighteen million a year. If in in real reported numbers, four mm-hmm. year seventy two, this would mean that Christian Kirk's making eighteen. Devontae Adams is looking at that, going, 
You're telling me I'm only $2 million better than Christian Kirk? That's what I mean. The third wide receiver on Arizona? But that franchise tag is representative of last year. I get it. I'm just saying money to money oh, if, if you're when you're looking at right it. Right now, that's why Packers fans are looking at the Jaguars yeah. and saying They're like, thanks. well, Devontae Adams is a $27 million a year receiver then. Right. If he's worth that. See, and there were reports that Adams was, I can't remember the amount that he was given, but it was the top tier of maybe like $1 or $2 million per year above who set the market? I think maybe Hopkins did. I'm not sure. Yeah, I sure. think you're right. Yeah. So he he got an offer of a little bit more than he did, and he flat out turned it down. So now, you know, with all this stuff resetting the market, I mean, players are going to look at their value and be like, I don't know why I'm settling for this when this guy gets that much, and compare me to that guy. And well, it's, and, the only it's so much only part of it's guaranteed. That's probably the line they get. Oh, you're getting more guaranteed money than they are. Their number just looks bigger. I also don't think that a guy so far like Devontae Adams or maybe at that position would settle for, you know, we'll give you a lot of cap-friendly years up front and then we'll back end and then we'll backload it. That just doesn't seem like something a wide receiver would go for, I guess. I don't think it's something that a superstar would go for. And I think he... Is a superstar, and he's in the prime of his career for sure. Yes, he shouldn't go for that. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with that end, but yeah. that that really ma- and like, the Jaguars are one of these teams already that that's been out here that ha- that is trying to win March and April, and that doesn't necessarily usually translate to winning in well, November and December. Yeah, except for last year. Well, and the year before Rams that. And yes, though. That's, I mean, look, that's true. It depends there, how you if do you, it. If you look at it, there are a couple of teams here: Denver, and they they signed Randy Gregory today from the Cowboys. Get him. You got Russell Wilson as your new quarterback. Mm-hmm. They're obviously making a push next year. The Chargers have gone ballistic, trading for Khalil Mack and then signing J.C. Jackson, five-year, eighty-three million, for a cornerback from the Patriots. And then um, you've got the Steelers, who steal James Daniels off the Bears line, which, not a huge loss, a little disappointing. I mean, he was like a second-round, third-round pick a couple years ago out of Iowa, and he never really panned out. Um, so they signed him, and then they're signing Trubisky to a two-year, $14 million deal, and he's going to start for them. You think so? I know so. Okay. He's better than Mason Rudolph. Okay. He's a better athlete, and he's... Certainly more talented. I, he may be not quite as experienced, but I think he's a better player than Mason Rudolph. So um, there's some teams that have, you know, that are trying to make a push here, and I think they're looking at these last two Super Bowl winners and saying, look, if we if we in, intelligently spend a lot of money, like remember when the Eagles did this years ago and the Redskins did it in the I early two thousands. Like been the difference. Like the, the remember the early two thousand Redskins, they went out and they signed like Dion, Bruce, Bruce Smith. Smith. They got all these old stars. That don't work in football. Well, it don't work in basketball either, as the Lakers are finding out. But it don't certainly don't work in football. The Eagles tried it a few, I think, like early last decade when Vince Carter called or Vince uh, Young called them a super team, <laughs> and they sucked. But like now, it seems. And maybe it's the quarterback part that these teams got right with Brady and Stafford. But you look at some of the other guys they they brought in, you know, Beckham, Von Miller, um, you know, the year before with Tampa and some of the defensive guys they brought in. Like, it's been smartly done, and it's resulted in titles. Yeah, I don't think the Jaguars, that's going to result in... 
I mean, you're desperate to get done. Lawrence a target, right? But like Christian Kirk, to what end? I mean, I like over- him. Well, that's fine. He can be a good player, but but again, he's is he like, going to save your offense. No, it's like it's like you can't have Darnell Mooney be your one if you're the bear. Like he, he, nice player, not that guy. Right. You need to smartly do it. Yeah. So there's another day of this, and then um, new league year starts on Wednesday at three o'clock. So we'll see if what gets done in the meantime. Um, I have no idea, but uh, you know this this opening negotiation and start of free agency is always just when money just gobs of it gets thrown around, and this year has clearly been no exception. Um, all right, so we can move to the NBA. Um, Bucks move up to second in the East, and they're coming off. I didn't realize it'd been that long. 2001. Yeah, Big Dog hit a shot at the buzzer. You remember that game? Oh, yeah, because it was the year they went to the conference finals, and it was just one of those magical things. Sixers, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it was just one of those magical things that year. We're like, before that, they had never won. And I bet you they've – Utah and Phoenix, because they had like a 26-year mm-hmm. uh, drought in Phoenix before like two or three years ago. Um, those two places, like as a kid, they never won there that I can remember. So – yeah, it was a big win last night. Um, and then they they beat the the Hawks, or before that they lost to Golden State. They had their winning streak snapped on Saturday, uh, and then they beat the Hawks, and then they beat the uh, the Thunder before that. So they were what six six game winning streak, I think, before they ran into Golden State. Yep, something like that. But yep. they had, they had moved, they climbed into second in the East. Yeah, they've been playing good basketball, man. I mean they're 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 starting to peak at the right time defensively. They're still not where they need to be, um, but I think they're kind of ramping up. And uh, I watched that whole game last night. I stayed up late. That one didn't get over till almost midnight. That was a late one. But uh, really, really good game. Um, Utah hit 10 threes in the first, first quarter. quarter. They had, it was 39-37 to 37 at the end of the first quarter. Um, and then the Bucks really played great in the second. They held them to like 18, 20 points. We're up at half. And then I think Utah ran off like the first 15 points of the second half and were leading like the whole third quarter. And then down the stretch, the Bucks just kind of flexed their muscle. Uh, Drew Holiday made some great plays, and uh, they were able to pull that one out. Really quality win on the road for them. Um, playoff atmosphere. I mean, anytime Utah is kind of known as like the one of the, if not the toughest, one of the toughest arenas to play in because those people out there are kind of nuts. <laughs> and they, for the most part, they're not fans of black people unless they're on the jazz. That's kind of historically known in the NBA. Oh my God. But um, really good win for the Bucks. Giannis was struggling a little bit. Um, obviously, Utah's got Gobert, who's like seven foot four and longest arms ever. And then they got Hassan Whiteside, who's like seven foot two, super long arms. And um, those guys were giving Giannis some fits under the basket for a little bit, but he still ended up with like twenty eight and fourteen. Um, so you really, you really can't keep Giannis down much, but the best part of the night, Brooke Lopez was back, played 14 minutes, six points, hit a couple of threes. Said afterwards, he felt good. Airballed his first one, which was great. (laughs) Um, immediately shot it again as soon as he touched it and missed it and immediately shot it again the next time he touched it and made it. So it was, uh, it was, had to get the first one down. Got to get that first one down. Um, so he was back. George Hill was back. Didn't play much. But uh, good to have him back on the floor. I, you know, Brooke Lopez. It's one of those things, and and not to sound like a basketball snob, but 
the average fan doesn't understand how important he is to the Bucks. And, you know, Bobby Portis has been great, especially shooting the ball this year. But he's only 6'9". You know, and you get in a situation like last night where you're playing a Gobert and a white side and you're going to see Embiid in the playoffs. Um, you know, you need that extra size. And even, you know, even though we saw what happened last year at times when he could kind of get played off the floor defensively where he would just get thrown in pick and roll after pick and roll. And, you know, against a Trey Young or a Kyrie Irving, these guys that are small and so quick and nimble, it's really, really difficult for him to guard those guys. But he's such a rim protector. He's been the best in the league the last couple of years. And then offensively, Bobby has become a good three-point shooter, especially from the corners. But Lopez, we've seen, like, that dude will shoot from four or five feet behind the line and make him. So he spreads the floor just a little bit more. And all Giannis and Holiday and Middleton need is just a little bit more room sometimes on those drives to get to the basket or get their shot off, and he can provide that. So good to have those two guys back. Connaughton was um, doing all the pregame stuff last night. Sounds like he's going to be back probably next week. So um, they're rounding into form. Unfortunately, Saturday night in the Golden State game, they lost Bembry for the season, Torres ACL. and MCL. Yeah, that, that's that's too bad. Um but uh, I, I like where the team is. I like how they're playing. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, they, they're they in an interesting spot, and that kind of leads us to just kind of around the league. So well, talk about the next two games because oh, yeah, I, yeah. I have questions because they play at Sacramento tomorrow, yep. and, and they just beat the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Are the Bulls on a downward slide, or are the Kings actually no, the scrappier? Kings, the Kings stink. The Kings stink. <laughs> The Bulls are on a slide. Okay. Yeah, they're... I mean, I know they've lost six of eight, but, I mean, that even if you have to go on the road for that one and you're in a slide, that one should be a slump buster, I would think. Well, look, I mean, I I haven't followed their schedule. I'm not sure where they are in this West Coast trip of theirs. Uh, But, you know, I I touched on it last week. They play the Jazz tomorrow. Yeah. I touched on it last week. They're like 0-14 against the top three seeds in each each, uh, conference. So... While the Bulls have had a very, very nice season and they're going to make the playoffs, and I still think they're going to be a tough out, like, they're not a great team. They're not a dominant team by any stretch of the imagination. So losing on the road to Sacramento, it's not a great loss, but it's not shocking. Okay. So. And then and then the Bucks have. I if the Bucks su- lose on Wednesday, that's a really bad loss. Okay. Um, and then they got to go to Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves, as I just looked at their record, and they're, I think, 40 and 20 or something like they're, that. Yeah, they're pretty good. See, and I haven't paid attention to the West outside of the Warriors and what I hear from the Lakers and, you know, the Suns having the best record and all that. So I don't know who's really good in the West except for Golden State and Phoenix. But Minnesota, I mean, 40 and 20 is a pretty good record, isn't it? 40, 40 and 30. 40 and 30, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, 40 okay. and 30. But yeah, they're in the seventh seed right now. They are in the play in. Um, game and a half behind Denver. I'd be surprised if they could catch them. But, um, you know, they're going to probably play the Clippers in the first play-in game. And if they win, they're in. If they lose, they would play the winner of the Lakers and the Pelicans. So they got a shot to make the okay. the playoffs for the first time in a while. I just I just had, was surprised at the record when I saw it because I always thought that they were just not that great of a franchise recently. Tough matchup for the Bucks. Okay, They play the Bucks tough. Towns really gets up to play Giannis. Those two guys have become pretty good friends. 
Um, so I, I and Anthony Edwards is really good too, second year guy. So uh, I expect that to be a, a challenge. I think that game's in the afternoon. I think I saw on Saturday. Yeah, I thought so, but I could I'll, be wrong. But I thought okay. it said four o'clock. But... All right. That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, just kind of go around the league. The so Miami's still in first. They're two games up on the Bucks. Um, haven't been playing. I mean, they're seven and three in their last ten, same as the Bucks. But the Bucks feel it feels like they're kind of closing the gap a little bit there. Philadelphia's dropped a couple in a row. They're a game behind the Bucks in third. Bulls are uh, a half game behind Philly. Boston is a half game behind Chicago in five, and Cleveland's still in six, five and a half games behind Miami. But Cleveland's only a half game ahead of Toronto. Toronto's really started to play well. I think Cleveland's going to end up in that play-in situation, and they're probably going to have to play Brooklyn um, in that first game. So I think Brooklyn, right now they're the eight seed. I think they'll end up the seven seed in the, after the play-in. And you're looking at a Bucks nets first-round series, which is kind of my worst fear. I just don't want to see no, Kevin Durant in the first I know, round. You have, said I, you know, that. I, I I'm not worried at all about Ben Simmons and whether he plays or not. I'm slightly worried about Kyrie Irving, but I don't want to see Kevin Durant again. He's just too good. Okay. Um, Atlanta, Charlotte, those are probably going to be the other two teams in the play-in in the East. Both solid teams, but not really a threat. Phoenix still dominating out west. Memphis and Golden State are tied for uh, the second seed. Utah and Dallas are tied for the fourth seed. Denver bringing up six, and then I touched on the the play in. I don't. I mean, Portland's a game and a half behind the Pelicans for the play in, but like Damian Lillard's out for the year. They traded CJ McCollum. They're not even really trying to win, and because some of these other teams are so shitty, they're they're they just, can't help. They're just kind of hanging around. Right. So, so it's going to be a fun last couple weeks. Um, you know, Carl Anthony Towns had sixty points and seventeen rebounds last night against the Spurs. Um, so like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of young talent in the NBA right now. And we're, you're starting to see kind of that takeover where LeBron's still great, but his team stinks. Um, Kevin Durant's still great, but he's hurt all the time. Um, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond are still great when they're all together, but they're not all together that much. Right. But you've got some of these young guys, Giannis, Devin Booker, Ja. Um, Luka, Jokic. So there's there's some guys coming in the next couple of years, I think, that are going to start winning some titles and kind of take the mantle. Right. So I like it. All right. Um, college hoops, or you got anything yeah, else? Okay. Let's do it. Uh, Badgers lose. A lot of people kind of saw that coming in the first round of the Big Ten tourney. Yeah, but our boy Bear called that in the back seat on the way home from <laughs> our, our sectional game. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then Marquette lost to Creighton in the first round, but that's that's a team that you had kind of thought you had thought that maybe they could they, they could get by them because those were two rough losses. They they blew the one at home and then they lost on the road. Um, yeah, was it by by one by I, point? Yeah. yeah. So well, they but, but then they took them to task in the in the tournament. They just can't match up with them. Creighton's just a little too big, mm-hmm. and you know, Creighton, they played three times. Creighton won all three. You just got to tip your hat, and move on. I mean, it is what it is. Well, what else can you do? The Badger loss to Michigan State was concerning um, because it was really the exact kind of it, – it, it, it was every reason why I'm worried about them in the tournament. They're a little one-dimensional. They rely really, really heavily on Johnny Davis to do – to not just score 20, but to really do a lot of stuff 
in terms of rebounding and creating offense for other people. And he got bottled up pretty good. Michigan State did a good he was job. Forcing on him. a lot, he was. I felt like. And that's kind of the the thing. He's still only a sophomore. He's only really been really good for like three months. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at this level. He was a great high school player, but at this level, he's only really been good for three months. So when he's having a bad game and he's looking around and he's like, well, Carl can't score. Right. Vote can't score. Who's going to help me? Meats can't score. Wall can get you 10. I've got Chucky Hepburn, who sometimes he can make threes, but he's, but he's a freshman. freshman. And then I got old man Brad Davidson. Super senior. I don't have a lot of firepower here with me, so I got to make something happen. And we saw that in the Michigan State game. I, I saw a lot of people complaining about the refing after the game, which... I mean, I don't know if the Badgers ever lose and the refs aren't the problem, but <laughs> we, you, he, he was initiating a lot of that contact by kind of just throwing himself into people, and you're not going to get those calls in the tournament. You know, you're not playing Rutgers on a Tuesday in January. Um, but he's really good, and when he's really good, the Badgers can be really good. So they're, they're a tough team going into the tournament to kind of peg. I, I kind of know who Marquette is. Um, you know, Marquette is a team that when they're playing downhill, they're fantastic. But if you slow them down a little bit and can run your stuff and you have individual shot creators, you can score on them all day. So we'll see what happens here in the first round. A couple of tough matchups for, for both teams. I mean, the Badgers... Have you filled your? Have you filled a bracket out at all? Honestly, I know you haven't from my pool yet. But. I haven't. I haven't honestly looked at each region too hard. Um, I'm waiting until some of these playing games really get going, so I can kind of see like, do I want to bet on an Indiana or a Wyoming? If you know, depending on which one of those make it, doesn't really matter which one of the 15s make it. Um, you know, I think it's Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and Texas Southern. Um, and I and and I don't even know who plays tomorrow, honestly. Um, yeah, Corpus okay, Christi was, and uh, and the uh, Southern, Southern were playing. Yeah. They're playing right now. Right now, and yeah. then and, Wyoming and, then, and Indiana's that's an tonight. Ten start time. Yeah, but like Rutgers and Notre Dame, I might take a flyer on Rutgers. I don't know how Notre Dame is. Uh, Wright State, I don't know anything about. Um, Bryant, they're the ones that got, I believe, in that tussle with whatever the. Um, the yeah, N- they got the, the leading the scorer. Was... They got the leading scorer in the nation. It's this oh. white dude who's a complete tool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, complete but, tool. No, I haven't. I haven't really diagnosed anything as of yet. So I'm kind of waiting until things get going and a lot of people start, and then I'll just I'll look at all the pundits. I'll see what everybody says, and I'll you know kind of side depending on what the majority goes with it. But then if there's kind of an up and down, I'll just go with my gut. You know, kind of thing. So uh, it'll probably be closer to to tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening. Well, before, I thought before I really get going, I thought we could do a, a, a Cliff Notes rundown okay. of this thing, and we don't we won't hit every game, no, but fine. just some interesting stuff, and maybe looking down the road. You're the dude. Starting the West, um, the eight nine Boise State Memphis. I mean, all the eight nines are obviously going to be good games. Um, Boise State's turned some heads in that in that conference this year. Well, they're they're. Uh, they got old dudes. They got 22 and 23-year-olds. Memphis is, I mean, I watched them in their conference tournament. They are ridiculously athletic. Um, but, you know, Boise State's going to try to slow you down. So that's going to be a battle of tempo. I, I'm i not sure who I'm going with there, but that'll be an interesting one. UConn and New Mexico State. Uh, the CBS guys were kind of all over New Mexico State 
as a as a possible sleeper. Obviously, they're in the five twelve spot. If UConn can win this game, I think they would give Gonzaga some serious problems. But I'm just not sure they're going to win this game. Um, they're big, they're physical, but they don't shoot it that well. So we'll see there. Yep. Um, Arkansas, Vermont. I told a couple people before the tournament started that if you have a if you want to take a sleeper to maybe be like a Loyola type this year, look at Vermont. Um, I think they won 28 games. I think oh. they lost one game in their league, um, and they can really shoot the ball. Arkansas is a good team. They've they've made a couple of Sweet 16s the last couple of years, so they they're they're a good tournament team. But that Vermont one that might be worth taking a flyer on, especially if you think New Mexico is going to beat UConn. That's an opportunity for, for a Vermont, Vermont to yeah. maybe win a couple games. All right. Um, down the road in that one. Texas Tech potentially against Duke. I, I like Texas Tech, man. I like them in that game. I don't know that they can beat Duke and Gonzaga to get to the Final Four. That's a pretty big task, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Duke get taken down. And, you know, I, I'm i torn. Like, the, the basketball purist diehard in me would like to see Coach K kind of ride off, at least make the Final Four and kind of ride off into the sunset mm-hmm. on a high note because he is the greatest college, at least modern college coach of all time. But on the other hand, I'm like, fuck Duke. (laughs) And that's probably more where I'm leaning. Um, All right, let's move down into the east. Um, 8-9 Carolina Marquette. Uh, It's funny, I told my buddy Warner, he's a huge uh, Carolina fan, I told him like a week and a half ago that this was going to happen, and he was like, no way, Carolina's not going to get that high of a seed, they're going to be like 11. So when this came out on Sunday, I I was laughing, but... Do you guys got any side action on that or no? Uh, we do. We're gonna. We haven't decided yet, All but right. we're gonna have something. Um, I frankly, I think North Carolina will win this one, and I think they'll win it. Not not like a blowout or anything, but I think they win by ten or so. Comfortable. Yeah, I, I just think they're too big. They got Armando Baycott, who uh, averaged like twenty and ten for Carolina, big dude. So he uh, he might be a little too much for Marquette to handle. Um. St. Mary's, the Badgers saw them earlier in the year in that tournament that the mm-hmm. that the Badgers beat them in. St. Mary's is a good team, and they're they're full of Australian dudes, so you know they're tough. And they beat Gonzaga this year, so that that that's a five seed that that might be able to make a little run. Um, the Texas Virginia Tech game, I'm going to see that one. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Virginia Tech point guard Storm Murphy from Middleton um, transferred there as a grad transfer from Wofford played. Phenomenal in the ACC championship game the other night. Um, what I heard. He, he was fantastic, and I was shocked at at how well he played in that in that situation on that stage. But then I thought about it, and I was like, this dude's played North Carolina a couple times when he was at Wofford. They made that tournament run a couple years ago, so... You know, I shouldn't. I shouldn't be surprised. But cool for for us to see that we called yeah, a couple called, of his games, games of his, yeah, five sure. years ago yep. at, at the high school level. Um, but I, I'm I'm looking at this bracket and it just screams Kentucky to me. So that's okay. kind of where I'm leaning. All right. Um, in the South, I like that Arizona team a lot. I watched them a couple times late in the year. Very impressed. Um, Houston, you know, again another team the Badgers beat early in the season. Um, they're going to be tough. They're going to defend. Calvin Sampson's a good coach. Um, them and Illinois would be a very, very interesting second-round matchup. Um, Tennessee, I think, is a little under Okay. as a three. 
Um, I like them in the Elite Eight uh, to get past uh, Villanova or, or or Loyola or whoever comes out of that bottom half. But um, Big Ten needs to show up. They did not have a good tournament last year. They no. got nine teams in, I believe, including Indiana tonight and Rutgers tomorrow. So um, they they got to show up. Lastly, Midwest, San Diego State, Creighton. I mean, that game could either be like 95 to 90 or 55 to 50 because Creighton wants to just run up and down and chuck, and San Diego State wants to throw you in a meat grinder. So that, that'll be a tough pick. Um, everybody's kind of on the Iowa bandwagon right, right now because they, they ran the through. Right. Um, beware, beware of Iowa. Um, and not, I'm, I'm not saying like because they're going to make the final four. I'm like saying beware that they don't screw your bracket. Because <laughs> I mean, if there's a team known to choke in the tournament, it's Iowa. I, I just Keegan Murray's a great player, and I think they'll probably win their first game, but I don't see him getting by Providence. I just think Providence is too big and physical and. Iowa has no big guys. I, I, you know, I mean, the fact that they beat Purdue when they got that Edie monster and Williams down there, I, I can't really understand that one. So it looks like from what you're talking about, since that was the last five twelve that you touched on, the biggest because everybody always looks for the five twelve. Mm-hmm. The the favorite would be right away in the West with UConn and New Mexico State. I, I think so. I mean, if Indiana wins tonight, they would play St. Mary's, mm-hmm. and if Indiana won that, to me, that's not an upset. Okay. It's an upset in the bracket. I get it, but like Indiana's a Big Ten team, and and St. Mary's is not. So I, I think you don't see Houston losing to UAB. No, okay. I don't. Right. And and I watched a little of the Richmond Davidson game the other day on uh, before the Big Ten title, and I wasn't overly impressed with Richmond, even though they won the game. I kind of felt like Davidson just kind of let that one get away from him. But you know, Keegan Murray's probably going to throw in twenty five or thirty. So uh, I okay. figure they'll win that game. And then you get down at the bottom here with the Badgers. Um, LSU-Iowa State, my uh, my former teammate, uh, T.J. Otzelberger, uh, coach at Iowa State, and they, their freshman point guard, Tyrese Hunter, is from Racine, I believe, went to St. Cat's last year. Um, so that'll be fun to watch. LSU just fired their coach like three days ago. <laughs> so, I, I mean, like, I think the last time that happened was in 89 when – Bo Schembechler fired, or Bill Frieder took the Arizona State job but wanted to stay on, and Schembechler told him to take a hike, and they brought in Steve Fisher, and they won the national title. He coached six games and won them all. So, you know, maybe LSU, who knows, but I doubt it. Um, Badgers-Colgate, dude. I Colgate's won, like, I think I heard 19 out of 21. Yeah. I think they're the second-best three-point shooting team in the country. So... The Badgers could easily win this game by 16, 18 points. But, like, if these bastards, if two guys get hot, like like weird little school in the tournament hot, where, this, you know, we've seen this happen, that could be trouble. Yeah, LePay kind of said that his kind of initial thought in doing just a basic background on, on Twitter after the bracket was released. He's like, don't let the small name fool you. These these guys play the game right. They have some guys that can throw it in, and it could be a little bit of a defensive issue for Wisconsin. So don't automatically see 14-seed small schools Colgate and be like victory. Not the case. This could this could be a challenge. They'll they'll probably have a skilled 6'8", 6'9"-ish white guy 
that will get more rebounds than you think he should and will slop in a couple of baskets and you'll be pissed at him because that's what these guys have. <laughs> and then they're going to have a couple of guards that are just going to run around and chuck. And like I said, if, if, if they start throwing them in and the Badgers go through their inevitable six-minute streak where they make one shot. Or none. You know, I yeah. mean, that, that could be recipe for disaster. But if they win that game, I think they absolutely win the next game. I think they would beat LSU or Iowa State. Some people already were already saying that they, they match up well and could probably take out Auburn. They could. They could. I mean, Auburn's been good the last couple of years. They got a really good player in Jabari Smith. They got your boy Bruce Pearl as the coach. Um, I, I, you know, the Badgers would have to probably beat Auburn and Kansas to get to the Final Four. I, I don't think I see that. No. All right. So, so do you do you have any idea? Do you have any favorites for uh, for, for for the whole thing? Um, I so I've, far, I've my picks are in in my pool, but okay. they're obviously still subject to change. I mean, obviously Gonzaga is a huge favorite. They're the overall number one seed. They've really been the best team, regular season team in the country for like the last five years. Right. Um, I like Baylor, but I don't see them making a run this year. I, I like Kentucky out of that bracket. Um. I've seen Kansas a couple times. They've really impressed me, and sometimes I've been just whelmed, not under or over, just whelmed. Um, they got a good guy in Obaji, um, who I just found out today was actually born in Milwaukee. Both of his parents played at UWM. So what was the last name? His last name's Obaji. Um, Interesting. I can't remember what his first name is, okay. but they're good. Villanova's all. I, I don't know that Villanova could win a national championship with this squad, but you know they're going to be a pain in the ass to play because they're just so good. Um, and I, I, I do. I like that Arizona team from what I've seen, but, you know, it's like football. They play in the Pac-12. I, I don't see them that much. Right. And other than UCLA, who I know is good from last year, I don't really know much about that league. So Okay. All right, I'm excited. Thursday, yeah. yeah. Thursday, things get going, and and you're and, and you're going both days, Thursday and Friday. Just, no, just Friday, just Friday in the just, afternoon, just Friday. Yep. Okay, yeah. Right. And I mean, this is a great time of year. It's the one time of year when we all know what channel True TV is. I said that this morning. Oh, did you? Because both of these games yeah. are on True TV tonight. I said, yep. so you're going to have to figure out if you've forgotten from the last year yep. because guarantee you haven't watched anything on that channel. I knew it was around TBS and TNT, and it's right <laughs> smack in between them, 246 on your direct TV Because it's the same ownership yep. group, and that's that's how they do that. But, yeah, I had, to, I had to remind people on the air. It's like if you forgot what True TV is because you haven't watched it in a year, you better go yep. find it. Yep. Google it. Yep, that's how that works. So, all right, well, that's cool. Awesome. I will I'll make sure to get my bracket uh, going probably tomorrow afternoon sometime. Uh, baseball, we found out, is back. Um, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of the stuff got thrown in at the last minute or taken out. There's going to be a universal designated hitter. Um, there's, I think, a pitch count clock, you know, for when guys are on base and when they're not. The bases are going to be bigger. We kind of ran through um, some of that stuff. Yeah, and, the basis thing is not this year. No, it's next year. Um, but I think everything else is immediate, right? Yeah. I think the shift is immediate. DH, yep, yeah, you can't. Now the shift is you can't move your position players on one side of the field past second base. I'm not sure. I haven't really that, dug in, that, guess, in depth. That would make sense to me. I yeah, mean, that's another some. That's can you play be, behind the bag? Like what I mean, like where? Can how you have be a step to the are you side? Draw a chalk line or out to center field or like how's that going to work? Can, what, what about defensive in the outfield? Can they play a shift? Like what? 
stupid. I don't know. Just hit. Learn to hit the opposite way. Jesus Christ. It is. That's, Just that's, swing that's later. What it is for me. That's what it is for me. Um, Brewers were active. They they bring back uh, Boxberger. I think it was two and a half million. Um, he led them in appearances last year. He was not great to start, but he wound up being one of their more more reliable dudes. Yep, in in, in a pretty good bullpen. So um, I don't mind that at all. He he can he can. You know, he could be a little, not not like a long man like Suter, but he could go an inning plus for you. He could be your seventh inning guy. He can be your setup man if Williams or Hayter need a day off and the other one's there to close. So, yeah, he's got some nice versatility in the pen. I was I was pleased to see him back. Yeah, he said, uh, he, said he loves the familiarity coming back, and he really liked the way Council managed the bullpen last year. Um, so he, he is glad to be back. The, the McCutcheon thing, um, that broke late last night. And I wasn't sure about years or money, and I was even looking. Um, Have today, they announced today? anything? No, because it's pending a physical. Okay. And apparently, he hasn't done that. So I don't know if it's a one year, two year, how much it's for. But um, you know, they needed another outfield piece, and I think you know. I mean, he was he was okay with Philly. He was he was all right. You know, not not great, but that's that's a nice serviceable, and it's a veteran guy to bring in. You know, I think I think that helps. Yeah, I'll be interested to see, like you, what the what the numbers end up being, because um, on its surface, I like the move. Yeah, he, um, you know, he hit twenty seven bombs last year, but he only hit two twenty, so he's basically always been a brewer. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the prereq. You know, low ba. Yep, high with, with some high pop. bombs. Yep, yep, that's right. Um, you know, it'll right handed DH option. Okay. Um, possibility of spelling Kane in center, okay. Not sure how his wheels are. I know he played a lot of left last year. Maybe you, you know, maybe Renfro's your backup center. You throw um, uh, Yelly and right. I, you know, there's some ways to mix and mix and match. Still got Tyrone Taylor there, also who you know again low average got some pop. We saw that last year, but they yeah the the DH position is going to be interesting in how they use that. I have a feeling. It's going to be a committee approach. I don't think there is right. You know, there was some talk about Nelson Cruz yeah, possibly but he being went a guy. Out and signed a big deal, but I don't think the Brewers wanted to pay him no fifteen million dollars to be to there just to yep. be their DH. Yep. I think they figure that they can spread that around, and you know, we can use Taylor for a couple of days, McCutcheon for a couple of days, Telez for a couple of days, what have you. Um, and that to me sounds more councilish. One hundred percent sounds more brewerish. I mean, that's just kind of the way they op- – I mean, just look at their pitching. It's kind of the way right. outside of, you know, the big three starters and, and hater, everybody else can kind of be moved around. So, um, yeah, I, good player, always killed the Brewers, always yeah. hit well in Miller Park. The guy that I would really, really like to see them get in a perfect world, I don't think it'll happen because I just – I don't think the money will would work. I'd love to see Schwarber in Milwaukee hitting into that – fucking short porch beer pen in right field and playing a little right field in first base and DH, that left-handed bat. Ooh, boy, that would be something. But, but he's going to command some cash. I think so. He had a pretty good year last year. Yeah. And he showed with Boston when he got traded, he could play some first. It was a little clunky. Yeah. But, you know, but I, I think he's a good enough athlete that he can figure that out. You've had Telez and Vogel back in that position, yeah. and they've tried Keston here or there as well. So it's like, and there's another guy. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to 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 give that a chance if that if that were to come to fruition. I wonder what the leash on him is this year with with Hira. You know, does he have to earn 
the part-time first base slash DH spot? Is that kind of handed to him to start with? Um, J- if J- he if he doesn't hit early on, are they going to stick with him? How's you know? I'm I'm curious how this works with him. I mean, if he comes back and is eighty percent of what he was the first couple of years, that's still a pretty good player for sure. Um, but he can't be twenty eight percent like he was last year. That just ain't going to cut it. No, you can't even keep him up. No, I mean at that you got point, too many other guys yeah. that do as much as that right. or a little bit more. Yeah. And he can't really play the field. This team is stocked with versatility, so if you can't do stuff and 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 you can't hit, I mean, there, there's there's hitting will get you on the field if you're competent enough to do that. If you can't be on the field and you can't be consistent at the plate, why do right. we have you? Right. You know, you gotta you, you can't. You just can't. I think Yelly's going to have a bounce back year. I hope so. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be like in, in the MVP discussion or anything, but I think he's going to be mid-20s homers. I think he's going to be 80, 90 ribbies, and I think he's going to be closer to 300. That's good. You know, I'll more of I'll more of that. what we expect. I, I think, you know, to expect him to hit 330 with 38 bombs and 110 RBIs, that's, that's asking a lot. Mm-hmm. He's very good. I'm not sure he's that guy good. Okay. But if he puts up the kind of numbers I just said, I'd be very pleased with that. And I think the Brewers would be very good because that division is not going to be very good. <laughs> Pittsburgh stinks. They're not really trying to win. The Cubs are the Cubs and they're going to be they're going to have a month where they win a bunch of games and people go, "Ooh, the Cubs." And then they're going to cuz they're not really trying to win and they're young. Um Cincinnati like they traded Sonny Gray to Minnesota for stuff. They traded Jesse Winker and Suarez to Seattle for a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, Suarez hits a ton of home runs, but he his on base percentage is atrocious. Although he did murder the Brewers all the time. I like Jesse Winker. I thought that guy was pretty good. Made the All Star team last year, but sounds looks like the Reds aren't really trying to win. So it may be a Brewer Cardinal two man race for most of the season. Well, what did I see? Did Fla- who's Flaherty? Does Flaherty still pitch for it? Yeah, I saw he has got shoulder problems now. He's going to check. He's, mm. he, he's going to get checked out. Yeesh. But then I saw somebody who's the Cardinal fan at work, and this is just so Cardinals. They there was report that they're interested in somebody that's really good. Oh man, um, yeah, Trevor Story, mm. which would just be Cardinals. You yeah, just what, what are they going to do? Just move the Rockies <laughs> to the to the <laughs> East. Go ahead. That's fine. But uh, that would be one of those things. And um, I did see our uh, our favorite guy for the Cardinals, uh, What's-His-Diddle, is going to be late. Molina? Yeah. Yeah. Personal problems. Well, probably from that time he got hit in the nads. Remember that one? <laughs> that was a, that was great. It's one of my favorite highlights. Uh, favorite highlights. Just a knee buckler. Normally when I see other people get hit like that, I kind of feel it a little bit. Not, I don't Not that, that one. Not like, that yeah, one. Yeah, do that again. I was like, ha-ha. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Melt, you bastard. Melt. <laughs> so yeah, first first spring training game is already on Friday, mm-hmm. um, and then and then they have a couple through the weekend. I don't, I'm not sure how many total there are, but opening day opening day gets moved back to what the seventh, mm-hmm. and then opening day in Milwaukee is the 14th. Mm-hmm. So they it's are a night game. Yeah, no, they they 4:14. Okay, yeah, early evening. Yes. 
Um, Late afternoon. So they you they call go it. to the Cubs and then they go to the Orioles and then they're home for the Cardinals for a four gamer to start at um, at AmFam. Yeah. Well, so, I'll be there. That'll be a that'll awesome. be a good one to start. So. Like All right. Um, I don't really have. You got anything else? Hey yo. Should we, should we take a little survey? Begs and I. T- <laughs> Let me take a little survey. Begs and I talked about that this morning. I'm glad. I'm glad we touched on it because there was actually a really good write up on ESPN.com um, about Scott Hall, and they included a lot of stuff, and it was very very accurate. So you could tell they had somebody on staff who kind of was schooled. Well, they've worked with the WWE schooled in wrestling a lot in recent years you know? too. I mean, but they could have botched a lot of that stuff from from history. You know, well, I and and now after after what I just said, it, it, I it was probably good because the WWE wasn't involved. It was probably written by a, a true fan of his, right? Somebody that works for ESPN, because usually because usually when the WWE gets their fingers in it, they want to put their own spin on it. But yeah, Scott Hall, one of my one of my all time favorites, Razor Ramon in the WWF. He was, he was the bad guy. He was the bad guy. He was Chico. He was cool, greasy hair, toothpick flinging. Um, awesome. Then he went to WCW with Nash as the Outsiders, joined up with Hogan, created the NWO, which is, you know, even non-wrestling fans of our era, our generation, know what the NWO is, and he was front and center with that. A lot of documented problems, drinking, drugs, um, kind of made a, a life-saving recovery for a yeah. while thanks to DDP and, and DDP's yoga. Working with him and Jake Roberts to to kind of save both those guys, get him. You know, I mean, Scott Hall probably should have been dead fifteen years ago, guaranteed. You know, he lived to be sixty three, which in wrestling times, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, especially when you've just what you've done to your body in the old school times. Yep. But yeah, he's a he's a legend. He's a he's one of the all timers, especially from our era. So sad, sad to see him go. Very sad. Yeah. So that's well, good, good, good little recap there. Okay, so I was in, I was at UW Whitewater yesterday talking to some talking to some prospective radio students, and then when when we were shooting the breeze with with the professor at a at a dive bar afterwards, and we were talking about sports broadcasting, and he he listens to some of our games, you know, when he's kind of tooling around, and he'll flip us on, and 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 he's he's texted me the next morning after a broadcast and stuff. He said he had something go on this year that has never happened before. The Whitewater women are in the Final Four. They just beat Oshkosh, I think it was in overtime, to get to the Final Four. Before that, they took on Illinois Wesleyan in the uh, Sweet 16, I guess it was. And what wound up happening was the TV station was covering it, and one of the announcers, Whitewater student, I mean, these are all students, he had said that one of the girls for Wesleyan in the post, women, I should say, was very effective for the team because she had a rather large frame for her position. She was well-positioned with her body style. Mm -hmm. Somebody heard that from Illinois Wesleyan, got the clip of it, and started spreading it around, and then it got back to their administration, and they called up Whitewater and started writing complaint letters because they thought that they were making fun of her weight and were being derogatory towards her, that it was insulting about what they were saying. And it got to the point where white, and this did not come across 
the head of the radio department's desk. It was above him. He had nothing. He couldn't do anything, wasn't involved. But it got handed down that they had to suspend that announced team. Not the play-by-play guy. He got suspended just because he was involved. They suspended the color analyst hmm. for, for saying that. And I was just trying to wrap my head around the sensitivity and everything that we're at and all the things that we have said and tippy-toed around because, you know, it's sensitive when you talk about girls' basketball because some of these girls that play specific positions, they're big girls. That's just how it is. Mm -hmm. can't really hide that. And a lot of the times, it's an advantage. You're not making light of something or you're not drawing attention in a negative way. You're just properly describing what physical traits a girl has and how that can be advantageous to her team or if she's a little bit too big to keep up with somebody on the defensive end, how that might work, you know, against her team. So it's like, I was just hearing this and I was just like, has anybody covered this in like the local media? Did you have an article in the Royal Purple? Like, did this get out into the student body? Or did anybody say, what the hell was that all about? And I didn't really get an answer because it just kind of went down Nothing really happened, and now the the women are in the Final Four, and it just kind of got glossed over. But I was just like, that's really sad, and I feel bad for the student because he, he's trying to do nothing but learn on the job, learn to be a broadcaster, do something to the best of his ability, and because somebody misinterprets something and and characterizes it out of context, the kid paid a price that he shouldn't have had to pay for it. And it just seemed so ridiculous to me that I wanted to relay that to you because you have that position with me for the last five and a half, six years, however long we've been doing this, which we've clearly already lost track. Um, But I just kind of wonder about that from your perspective on how you approach some of those situations and whether you're caught saying things that are not necessarily watered down, but a little bit, softer than maybe you would like to say oh well i say things softer than i'd like to say every game we call i mean <laughs> i let's those are for the car rides oh yeah yeah <laughs> um well i've i've told you before and, and we were actually talking to the craig girls coaches before a couple of their tournament games and and we were talking about this like i'm very very careful when i call a girls game um i think to the detriment of the quality of my call Honestly, because I've had a couple people tell me, my parents being some of them and a couple other people have told me, like, you get way more into the boys' games. And I'm like, well, yeah, because I feel like I have a little more carte blanche. I can say more. I can say that the 6'8 kid on Parker is carving out space because he's got a wide bottom. I can't – obviously, you can't say that with a girl. So you have to, you have to find a, a creative way to say it in, like – Two seconds because the play's moving on, or you just don't say anything, and that's what ends up happening in girls' games is I just refrain to I'm just not even going to really say anything because I don't know how else I can frame this other than, you know, the Beloit, Beloit had a girl that was like 6'3". I don't know. What do you think she weighed? 240, 50 pounds maybe? maybe. She was a big girl. But like you said, 
Well, her advantage on the court, the reason why she led the Big 8 in rebounding, rebounding. the reason why she averaged a double-double was because she was 6'3 and 250. So if I'm talking about her being able to move people out of the way with her body or or however it's phrased. I'm not making fun of her. No, we're, we're talking we're, about, like, context has to matter, right? Like, you can't just cut a clip out of a an hour-and-a-half game and then just throw it at somebody and say, well, you said that. It's like, well, yeah, but listen to the two minutes before that. Listen to how I described the player before and after that. Were we laughing? Were we giggling? Were we trying to be smart asses? And to my knowledge, none of that took place. Right, right. And look, I, I've I've told you before, and this is 100% the truth, if I ever get in that situation, I'll just quit. I'm just out. I'm done. Like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna fight a battle with somebody that wants to attack my character when I'm giving up my time to go cover your kid. Um, if you don't like the way I do it, then I'll go do something else and we can find somebody else to sit next to you. That's fine. I know it would be troublesome for you to find somebody. I would not like that. But I'm I'm not going to – I would never want to get in a pissing match you. with no. somebody and because I'm, this is a side job. Right. This isn't my career. I'm doing it because I love basketball and I want to support the local kids. And, I mean, listen, we've done – we were, were trying to figure it out. We've done between 200 and 250 games somewhere in that area. Mm-hmm. We've seen – let's say we've done 225 games. We've seen 200 games that weren't very good. We've seen maybe 25 good games. I think we're pretty damn positive when we call games. Absolutely. Sometimes – to the point of where it's like, okay, I'm even gagging myself here talking about this team that's one in twenty. Like even the people listening are like, okay, they suck. We know, we know. Yep. You know what I mean? But like again, when you're calling a a girls game like we called in the regional uh, quarterfinal, quarterfinal, where you've got a a, a one in twenty three team against a three in twenty team. What are we seeing here? Like, anybody that's listening, you have to kind of know, like, this is kind of going to be ugly. So let's see let's see how much lipstick on this pig these announcers can put on it. Which I think, to our credit, if, any, if that was their first time hearing that and not knowing the records, I don't think they would have, have identified or pegged them to have th- those records by what we were saying. Which Listen, I which I think is a credit to us. You you know me, and anybody that knows me knows that I have no problem telling the truth, and especially when it comes to sports, I have my opinions, and I feel like they're strong opinions, and I can be wrong, absolutely, but I stand by what I say, but. With calling these games, the last thing I want to do is offend somebody because I know, we know, because they tell us, people go back and listen to the games. Parents that are at our games, they go home and listen to the podcast because they want to hear what we say about their kids. Maybe there's a play in the game they want to hear how we react to. So 100%, we would never try to offend anybody. I mean, I... I still have all the tapes from when Al called my games 20 years ago. And 20 years ago, we listened to them, and sometimes you like it and sometimes you don't. But it's not personal. 
Everybody knew there was no personal. No. Now it's different. Everybody thinks everything's personal. Yes. And so that's, that's kind of where yeah. where this and, derived from. Because and that's why I say I'm I'm very careful, especially with the girls. I'm very careful, even when I'm trying, even when I'm being complimentary. I don't want to go too far. Oh yeah. Because then it could be misconstrued as as I'm I'm saying something. You know, somebody could perceive something sexual. Right, or, and that's and inappropriate. Like, no, that's not. Nobody's doing that here. No, we're we're looking at it specifically from a game standpoint. Yes, but I heard that story and I just I felt really bad for the kid because he's trying nothing other than to hone his craft, and it's a big game for the school that he's covering. It's probably going to be depending on where he goes in life. It's going to be one of the biggest games that he ever calls because it's an NCAA Sweet Sixteen game. Well, hopefully he wasn't in your seminar telling him how bad the broadcast industry can be, and then that happens. I mean, if that doesn't make a guy want to say piss on this. You know, I mean, that's that's the one thing that I can at least say that we haven't run into um, in games that we've done. Coach and I have done for football. Bear and I kind of got some, you know, some feedback from one of the opponents. Well, but bear, that bear bear takes bear comes fully loaded, though. He his <laughs> shotgun is ready to, to go both barrels and he's not concerned. But that didn't go up to the athletic director who then called our, sure. or, you know, it yep. didn't it didn't go any further than the player thinking that, you know, we were just a couple of jabronis calling the game yeah. from, you know, Tupelo or something no. like that. No, we care, and, and uh, look, I enjoy calling the other team sometimes as much or more than calling our own team. And we're, you know, we're resp- we've had parents of opposing teams come up to us and tell us hey, we, they we listen to us game, and yeah. they appreciate how we talked about their kid who we don't even know who they are. So, but bottom line, you got to be pretty careful. Right. That's it, and that's that's basically all I wanted to bring to the table because that's the first time that I'd ever heard that, and and just the fact that that the the teacher wasn't even involved. It went up to the administrative level, and then they kind of dropped the hammer and said, "Yeah, well, you're going to have to suspend. You know, this kid's going to have to be suspended and whatever." And there's no, you know, they're not going to have to pay a fine or anything, and the program's not going to get shut down. But it it's just more of that bullshit. That nobody should have to deal with, yeah. but it seems that everybody has to nowadays for one Every, reason or another. Everybody loves to be a victim. Man. Serious. It's well, it's, if you want to hear the unvarnished truth, just tune into the intentional podcast, our intentional foul podcast every week, and you'll hear more shits, fucks, and assholes than you can shake a stick at. And on that note, that is a perfect place to <laughs> <laughs> wrap that up. So we will uh, we'll dive into some more tournament stuff next week. We'll already be playing baseball games. I don't know where the NFL is uh, going to be, and uh, NBA is getting closer to the playoffs. So got a lot done, almost an hour and a half worth uh, today. So nice job. Um, that will do it for this episode. Uh, thank you for downloading, subscribing, and uh, as always, please tell your friends. Until next week, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you then. Enjoy your basketball at the end of the week. Go Bucky. Go Marquette.